everyone. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. It's Jules, and I am very excited to be sharing a seemingly random fact that offers a window into Reykjavik City's history and culture that reflects past fears, legislative legacies, and an endearing love for pets that has evolved over time. One in particular that might be surprising to many of you. So as you stroll down the streets of Reykjavik, there's, of course, really vibrantly painted houses. That might be one of the things you notice first. Or even when you look down certain streets, you might have a direct path to see Asia and the sea. And Asia is, is a mountain, a mountain range in which you can see from downtown Reykjavik. And it's lovely. And at the same time, you might start to notice, too, that there is an abundance of four-legged and furry locals seemingly roaming around without necessarily having a home. But the case is that cats, who are the ones roaming freely in the city, they are definitely with homes, you know, all, almost all of them. And they roam around because in the city and in many parts of the country, it's just been considered safe for them to be able to freely explore, interact with other beings. And in addition to that, they are not only just tolerated, but adored by most of the people who live downtown. So please know that even though there are some cats who need homes, the ones that you normally see in the city have them, but they are allowed to go and hang out in a lot of different places, including in front of some restaurants and other areas where it just might be like, why is there a cat there? <laughs> so it wouldn't be kind of weird, though. So after learning that cats are quite abundant in Reykjavik, one thing that you might start to wonder, and I did too, was where are the dogs? Because I really don't see that many dogs. Now, granted, every once in a while I will see one, of course, always on a leash, but it just seems like there's so many more cats than dogs. So I started to look into it. So the short answer is that while dogs are accepted in Reykjavik now, they were banned from living in the city for 60 years. Yes, 60 years. So basically it started in 1924. Reykjavik authorities enacted a ban on dogs within the city limits. And the reason for this was twofold. One being there's a housing shortage. Granted, the city was not anywhere near what it is now in terms of buildings and stuff. But still, there wasn't as many places for people to live. And the thought of living in a small place with a dog, which can normally be a you know larger animal, depending on the breed, that to people were just like, that's not suitable for dogs. First of all, dogs should be out in the countryside and they're working dogs as well. Like most of these were not just pets, but dogs that were adding value for, you know, being wherever they were. So the idea is that they belonged out on farms. But the second reason, probably being the most important as to why dogs not being in the city has persisted for so long it has to do with they were carrying or have been carriers of a deadly tapeworm that can spread to humans. And at the time, the health risk posed by dogs was considered significant. And so in literally the interest of public health, the city opted to ban them entirely. And like I said, even though they were banned in Reykjavik, they were, of course, a part of farm life, an essential part of farm life. So if you went outside of the city, you can interact with them. For much of the 20th century, 
dogs were pretty much rare in terms of seeing in Reykjavik. And a major spotlight was put on the band's legitimacy in the 1980s after some well-known public figures in Reykjavik continuously violated the band by owning a dog within the city limits. And funny enough, one of them was a person named Albert Gudmundsson, who was the minister of finance at the time. And police were fining people who they, you know, saw that had dogs and, you know, could prove that they were owning a dog inside the city limits. And his dog, Lucy, was the one he had. And it was, you know, his, his best friend. And so he was willing to put up with the fact that they were fining him, but also was quite bold in saying that he's not going to pay the fine, which at the time in 1984 amounted to what today would be $500 in fees. And he was also willing to say that not only would he not pay the fine, but he welcomes the police to come and arrest him and send him to prison <laughs> for owning a dog inside the city. And of course, they never ended up doing that. But he was not alone in owning a dog illegally. And it's estimated that around 3,000 dogs were living in the city at the time. And the police were just periodically fining people. The sentiment, in essence, became that people in Reykjavik started to think about this ban and were like, does this actually make sense? Like, is the reason for this ban being decades long now still stand as a good reason to do it? Meaning, like, should this ban continue? And in essence, the general public was like, no. We don't think this makes sense. So the ban was lifted in 1984. While the ban had been relaxed, tight regulation of dog ownership in a city was still enforced. I mean, it's still enforced now, but even more so for 22 years following that. So special permits were required for dogs and an application process was tedious. It was so tedious that potential dog owners were, in essence, discouraged from even getting you know, a, a canine friend. And that, in essence, kept the dog population in a city quite low. Today, residents in Reykjavik do own dogs. But like I said, there's still not very many of them that you'll see around. And there are still strict regulations. Much easier of a process now than it was in the 80s or even, you know, following up until the early 2000s. But one of the things that people have to keep in mind is that there's strict rules regarding residency. And if you live in an apartment, for instance, and you have to enter the same way to get to your apartment as everyone else in the building, like you don't have a standalone private entryway for your place, then you have to get permission from everybody in the building to be able to own the dog or to have the dog, sorry, that living in that place. And that usually is not always the case where everybody is on board with having animals that are able to come into the main entrance. Of course, there's leash laws, vaccinations, worming laws, definitely. And even to own a dog, too, you have to be at least 18 years or older. There's a whole document detailing all of the rules that I found on Reykjavik City's website, which is Reykjavik.is. And while those rules were strict and have been strict and in place for dogs, cats, on the other hand, do not face pretty much any restrictions. <laughs> so... They were traditionally seen as useful animals, especially when it came to keeping the rodent population in check. And when you think about a city that's surrounded by water, there's a lot of fishing happening and different ports. Rodents were around, so cats were extremely useful. And on top of that, without any competition from dogs, who a lot of people, of course, love, 
cats quickly became the favored pet among people that lived in the city. So the cats of Reykjavik are a very, very much a proud part of the city landscape, mainly because they're friendly. Like these cats are not out here <laughs> trying to run around biting people. They're they're mostly really just relaxing, walking around, sleeping on, you know, steps or randomly on the streets. Well, not the, you know, where cars are, but they're carefree. And sometimes, you know, if they're feeling in the mood, they'll let you pet them. Maybe even let you pick them up if they feel like it. But for the most part, the idea is that the cats are, are left alone to enjoy their lives. And some of them even have their regular hangout spots. <laughs> and it's not unusual to find water bowls and little shelters that have been set up by residents for community cats. And I put that in quotations because, like I mentioned, these cats have homes, but they also have their, you know, places where they like to go visit, where they can, they know they'll get a snack, they'll get a pet. I know of a cat that frequently visits one of my friends downtown at his window, paws at the window, is let in, has a little snuggle, and then leaves and goes home at the end of the night. <laughs> That's just that cat's routine. And so it's just kind of funny that, you know, in terms of the broader Icelandic attitude toward animals, cats is, is one of the ones that have been the most accepted. And even though the country has like these strict animal welfare laws and their social expectation around animals and how they should be treated. Cats, you know, for the most part, because of their independence, requiring less space, and also just maintenance-wise, are just really low in comparison to a dog. It kind of makes sense as to why they have an advantage over canines <laughs> living in the city. But one of the cool things about living in Reykjavik is that if you are a cat lover or even just intrigued to see where some of these cats hang out, then I think you'll definitely enjoy the Reykjavik Catwalk Tour that's hosted by your friend in Reykjavik. It's a tour company. And shout out to them because they sponsored this episode where I can bring these like fun facts to you. And what I really enjoy about the tour company, your friend in Reykjavik, is that when it comes to the type of tours they run, they're super high quality usually smaller groups. And when I say high quality, I mean like great guides, super knowledgeable, really fun and engaging. I had the chance to personally do the catwalk tour and I loved it. And I was surprised at how many stops there are and all of the adorable cats that we stopped by to check out. Because of course, you know, I live in Reykjavik, by the way, so I walk around at times, but I didn't know about there's certain spots where these cats are hanging out or like, you know, areas where you just wouldn't even know to look. And there are even cat murals, if you pay attention, like that's how much cats are <laughs> beloved here. And if you didn't know this, there is a very adorable cat cafe. So this cafe takes in cats that need homes, so cats that are in a shelter and so people can interact with them. And if you want to adopt one, you can. But the whole idea is that you go there. They have delicious treats. And this is one of the stops for the tour. So included in the tour, along with these different places, checking out murals, interacting with cats, is going to the cat cafe and being surrounded by the cats roaming around freely. And, you know, you can interact with them if they feel like it, because it's pretty much just up to them. You get a treat, like hot cocoa or coffee and a cookie uh, while we're sitting, you know, in the cafe enjoying. And it was just delightful. Like I just had a great time. And so if you plan on taking this tour, 
then I highly recommend using my code All Things Iceland. It is in all uppercase letters, all caps, to save 10% on your catwalk tour and 45 other tours that you can book via your friend in Reykjavik. And if you want to book your catwalk tour on my website directly, I have a portal right in the description of this podcast episode at allthingsiceland.com forward slash Reykjavik dash cats. So literally, if you were just to scroll down on the description for this specific episode, you can pick the time that you want to take the tour. You could pay for it there. All of it's a secure portal that goes right back to your friend in Reykjavik and would get you the opportunity to take one of these adorable catwalk tours. I'm telling you, I have such great pictures too that I have in this description that you can check out to see some of the cats. There's a Bengal cat that's in there named Negut, which means clove in Icelandic. And just so many different ones, even one I'm like, and I'm only laughing because it just, it's so funny that there's one cat we went to go see who is always sleeping. I mean, she's, she looks like, because she's balled up like a scarf, like I, she's sleeping on sweaters. And I legitimately thought that this cat was a, a scarf, like when I saw it, because she's hardly moving. And that's just because she's chilling out, enjoying her life. Whereas there's other cats who, you know, have their spots or are alert, like interacting, come to you even. So yeah, cats of Reykjavik and a catwalk tour are something that's quite special to the city. And like I said, it gives you some insight about the history and culture and how it's come to be that cats can roam so freely around. So as you can see, even though the dog population has slowly increased thanks to changing attitudes and laws, the city basically maintains its reputation as a cat's paradise. And cats in Reykjavik, of course, are not just pets. They're a symbol of what I think is the city's past, trying to protect its residents and its its commitment to animal welfare. And in a way, the plentiful population of cats versus relatively few dogs, it serves as a reminder because it just lets you know, especially if you're listening to this episode or heard this information before, that there's so much more that goes into why a cat population in the city would develop this way. Or even when you saw so many cats that you thought to yourself, wow, that's really interesting. I wonder what's the story there. You know, this type of information would be able to provide you with that history to be like, there's just so much more underneath than what's on the surface, which is a lot of cats. (laughs) And if you're a dog lover, don't worry. The dogs here are treated very well. They're very much accepted course more so than before and there are different dog breeds even though there are some breeds that are banned in Iceland and that has more to do with potential behavioral issues so yes things are still a bit strict in that way but I think it's easing up and I think it just takes time as people's attitudes are changing and then the laws are being changed to reflect that. For the random fact of the episode, there are some semi-famous Icelandic cats on Instagram. One of them is named Baktus. And if you want to follow his account, I'll have a link to his Instagram account in the description of this podcast. I'm only laughing because it's just like, go follow that Icelandic cat. <laughs> and on the Icelandic catwalk tour, he shows up, meaning he, we, you know, we go and, and visit him or the tour goes and visit him. I say we because I was on the tour. And while I had seen him before, it was just kind of funny to realize in the city how much is dedicated to Bactus because of his popularity. 
And he's really chill. He's super nice. I, he let me smell. He smelled my hand. Let me pet him. He's very much used to people, and he's kind of like the little guardian downtown in certain spots. So you know, if you do take the torch, remember to use my code to save ten percent. And the Icelandic word of the episode is so those two of them. So for cat, it is kötter, and then for dog, it's hunter. I hope you found this episode fascinating and informative. If you are enjoying the All Things Iceland podcast, please leave a review or rating on whichever platform you're listening to this on. It is greatly appreciated and it helps others to know what they can expect when they listen. Thank you.